Okay. Hello, everyone. Okay, so it's been a while since uh, we were looking at normal radical stuff, so let's do a quick recap. So, do you remember that the normal radical series is about being called to live our normal lives radically? Our values are as radical today as when we first discover them. We're, we're looking, using this series to rediscover and reapply those values. I shouldn't walk too far away without that in my pocket. Um, and we've got permission to deconstruct and reconstruct these expressions. So we kicked off the series all the way back now in September. And we looked at some of our values such as money, serving, power, or authority. Um, the game changes that Anthony was just referring to is about the apostolic community. We looked at commitment. We looked at integrity. Okay, so, forgiveness, being able to let it go. We love that song, it's, it's so uplifting and inspirational. To be able to just shake something off, yes, I'm going to rise above it. What if you can't? What if it sticks on? What if you can't just let it go? What if it carries on when you try and leave that situation or leave that relationship? What if it still feels as raw Ten years later, that it did three minutes after the, the occurrence. I'm shocked at times when you discover people in really powerful positions having a lot of authority and their decisions affect lots of other people. And you realize how often there's pers personal hurt and issues that affect the decisions they make on behalf of other people. How do we avoid being those people? How do we avoid letting our hurts carry on and affect us in a way that damages others? Because hurt people will hurt people. It's a radical message, forgiveness. It's absolutely revolutionary. If you think back to how many movies you've seen, the amount of revenge movies, how, how often do you actually begin to root for the good guy and want the bad guy to, to get what's coming to him? And there's actually a, yeah, I want to get justice. And that's how we talk about it in this world. We talk about getting justice. The Bible talks about doing justice. But how often when you, you hear on the news after a court verdict has been given, you've got the family of, of the victim saying, we, we want our justice. We want to get justice. But it always fills me with sadness because I think, yeah, it ain't going to help you. That's not the way. Retribution is not going to release you. It's not going to heal you. And you will carry those scars into all future relationships. Forgiveness is a huge topic. And we're going to spend a little bit of time today to introduce the subject. And then next, um, next week, Neil's going to um, do a deep dive on the subject. So, we've got a talk on camera now. 
Now, these were some very quick um, reactions from people. I want you to see, we, we pushed them a little bit more to wrestle with some of these questions. So think how you would respond if you were asked off the cuff. Um, I think it feels initially difficult because there's feelings attached to maybe how they've wronged you or you feel they've wronged you, but ultimately it's releasing for you, so positive in the end. Um, it can feel really hard, um, particularly if whatever that other person's done has really hurt you. Um, but deep down I always find it feels like it's probably the right thing to do, however much you don't want it to be. Mm. I would say it's very challenging. Um, because you've got to let go of all the resentment and anger um, when forgiving someone. I think it feels like a weight has lifted off your shoulders. Um, unforgiveness affects you. And so when you forgive someone, it releases you in a way. So just, yeah, like a weight's lifted off your shoulders. Yes. Um, if you've fully forgiven someone, um, then yes, it's come to a point where um, you've, you've accepted the fact they've said, well, I've, I've asked for forgiveness and I'm repenting from it and choosing not to do that again. Um, and yeah, so that involves trusting them and saying, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a hard one. Um... For me personally, I would find it really hard to trust that person because once um, you've lost that trust, it takes a very long time to build the trust up again. So, um, I think forgiving, you should give them another opportunity. So that could involve trusting them, but you may reset the boundaries and not fully allow them to have the same access they had or allow them to in you know the same amount of trust it, you might have a decreased amount of trust for them I think it depends on the area that they've done wrong in but um, I think you probably should because otherwise you might not be fully forgiven them as you always have it at the back of your mind um, I would say it would actually lead them, lead them to a life, a better life, after they have been forgiven, I would hope anyway, um, because they've learnt from that mistake. But I don't think it happens as often as it should do. In my experience, when people have forgiven me, it's definitely led to me changing and walking a different way. Um, so personally, yeah, I'd say it does lead to a new way of living. Um, Forgiving other people, have I seen that change in everyone that I've forgiven? I'd say probably it's a 50-50 thing. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure. I think a lot of the time you forgive and maybe the person you've forgiven doesn't know it, so it doesn't lead, lead to anything in their lives. Um, but if they do know it, I think it, it would make their life better. Um, Caught some restoration. I think if it's repeatedly, then by them saying sorry or can you forgive me, then they don't really mean it because sorry is meant to mean you're not going to do it again. I think they aren't really sorry and they 
they haven't really kind of realised what they're doing to you, so they're not, they're not, yeah, really actually sorry. And I would say they, they're not really want, they don't really want to be forgiven because they're not changing their behaviour after. Well, if they're coming to a point of, from their heart, asking for forgiveness each time, it's really tough and I, as humans it's like well we don't I don't want to forgive you again but really if they are coming from an actual legitimate place of asking for forgiveness then we should be forgiving them um, however hard it is um, and yeah that's never easy especially if they've done it multiple times mm. <sighs> it's too hard I think it's too hard to forgive someone when they're repeatedly you know um committing the same offence every time um, and we can only forgive someone a certain amount of times and we need God really and ask God for help to forgive that person because it's it's not in our own strength when someone does that. My initial thought is you're really annoying and it's really annoying that you're having to come back to me every time um, for the same offence. I think about, yeah, 50% of the time, I then think about that initial reaction and then say, you know what, God, give me the grace to forgive and keep forgiving. The other 50% of the time, I still continue to be annoyed. <laughs> okay, some very honest answers and really wrestling. And there's some interesting topics there. Hopefully, Neil might pick that up next week. I'm interested in what's the role that someone has to take in asking for forgiveness? Does that release forgiveness? Um, and what, what do we do when, when it just keeps happening? Is there something that we've got to think of? Are we putting that person back into a situation that's not helpful for them? So if someone's come to you and say, sorry, I stole the money out of the kitty again, does my trust for them say, and my, my forgiveness say, oh, don't worry, come, but come look after the money again? Is that right restoration and support for the individual? Okay, right, a little scenario for you. Ronald and Papa John were good friends. They worked closely together, but then one day they had a difference of opinions. John said some things to Ronald which were true, but left Ronald feeling a little like a clown. It wasn't a dramatic argument, it just looked like banter, but from that day on they drifted apart. Ronald continued to feel very hurt. He could tell himself that John didn't mean to hurt him. He realised he was making a meal out of the problem, but found he couldn't be alone with John anymore. He concluded that they had just had different personalities. At the end of the day, you can't be friends with everyone anyway. What would you advise Ronald? Okay, in threes and fours, or twos, if you don't like the other people, um, you got four minutes. Okay. What advice? What advice would you like to give to Ronald? Okay. So let's see who else can put their hands up before Andy Garland today. Um, I think. <laughs> 
Um, might, well, it seems like Ronald hasn't spoken to Papa John about the specific issue. Never thought I'd say that sentence. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it would be a good idea. It would actually be a loving thing to do as a friend to talk to John um, because that might actually be... A f- like, he might have a tendency to go a bit too far with his banter and that might be, he might be saying, actually, what you said really hurt me and it might not come in a condemning way but in a loving way of saying, actually, oh, he could be like, oh, right, I didn't realise that hurt you. I'll think more about what I say next time. And I think in opening that up, there would be a healing of the relationship. Obviously, John might not react that way, you don't know, but there's, I think he has a responsibility to bring that back to him and open it up. Okay. Just, put, just do a show of hands. Who thinks Ronald should go back and talk to John? Okay. Now, put your hand up if you think Ronald shouldn't go and talk to John. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, let's hear hands, not yet. Yes, I don't think um, he could determine the friendship based on if he's offended or not, or having good times with him or not. Friendship. So they, they can't be... They can't determine the friendship based on the offence or not, right? But I think in Ronald's case, his responsibility is initially not taking offence, whether the thing was true or false. And once he realises he has offence, his responsibility is forgiveness. But Don, John, Papa John, his responsibility is, whether he was malicious or he did it accidentally not laying a stumbling block or not deliberately offending. So Papa John's responsibility is to repent if he is confronted, but until Ronald is in a place of forgiveness, he can't correct the thing in the brother's eye because he still has something in his. So Ronald is forgiveness and not taking offence. Papa John is repentance and not laying a stumbling block, I think. Okay, who wants to change their answer after hearing... Uh, Jamie, hearing can that? I... Jamie, just around here, there was a general kind of groaning of approval... Growing yeah, of approval. That's very yeah. British, isn't it? Yeah. Growing of mm-hmm. approval. <laughs> Paul, you, you want to argue with hands? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I think Ronald's... It's obviously a significant period of time has passed. They've drifted apart. We're not talking about last week here. So I think he's... Uh, however he's taken it, it seems like the drifting has come from Ronald because he's had a massive McSulk and he needs to go back to... <laughs> I, I think he needs to ask Papa John for forgiveness because he's had a sulk and damaged the relationship. And if he won't talk to him, then if he, uh, and he's a new range of McPizzas and that will probably bring it to a head. <laughs> I, I'm feeling the need to come to a point of forgiveness yeah. with that. <laughs> OK. Um... When I was thinking about it, I, I would kind of agree with, with Hans's starting point of it was actually Ronald's responsibility to take offence. Someone can't give you offence. You have to take offence. And even if someone else intended something spitefully, you've still got the choice to take it, take offence, which seems harsh, But that's the power that the Spirit gives us, that lives in us, that we get to choose what we agree with or what we take on and choose to be offended to it. Now, you tell that to to anyone outside the, the walls of this place, they'd think, you're mad. But that's the power of the gospel, that we can choose what we allow ourselves to become victim to, which I think that is actually really liberating at the same point. Now, say we've done the... We've... Ronald's gone through that process of saying, I've taken offence, I've withdrawn, I'm in the wrong, I need God to heal me. 
Ronald, I felt, had, would have two reasons to go back to John. The first one would be, if it's for John's good, so like uh, Peter was saying, so I thought, you know what, I think John could end up hurting a lot of people with his banter. I don't think he's, he's being sensitive enough. Let me go to John for his sake. John, just be a little bit more, more cautious here. The other reason would be is, you know what, I think John saw some truth about me which needs to change, but I didn't hear all of the wisdom that God might be putting through John to me. So let me go and give him a platform to, exp- to explain what he was seeing. Like, were you joking or did you mean that? And what is it that you're seeing because I want to get God's wisdom into my life? Now, again, that sounds like a really hard thing to do. You've got someone that you've put in the evil box that they're trying to hurt you and then you're going and you're opening your heart to let them have another swipe at it. That would be the way that the rest of the world would see it. But again, forgiveness, the power of forgiveness, we've got a completely different mode of operation in this, in this world through what Christ has done for us. But Ronald cannot go to John expecting that his, his apology will heal him. Other people can't heal us. God can heal us. Only God can heal us. So if he's thinking, once he apologizes, then I'll be better, that's a fallacy. It doesn't work that way. He can make the choice irrelevant of what John does. Because what if John chooses not to ask for forgiveness? On that logic, then Ronald will always be hurt. But that's, again, the power of, of what God's done for us is we don't need the other person to change their position for us to be healed and know God's freedom. All right, here's a question. If John wasn't aware that Ronald took offence, should Ronald raise it with him? Well, I think Ronald still needs to raise it with him because it may be that Ronald needs to change a little bit in how he hears things or whatever. But John doesn't necessarily have to agree that he... um, (laughs) He doesn't necessarily have to repent because... He may, not, he may feel sorry that Ronald reacted in that way, but he can only repent if he believes he's sinned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's very easy to say sorry when someone's hurt, but if we're not repentant, then it's just trying to paper over the cracks. Debbie? I mean, John could be the sort of person that didn't realise that he'd really upset his good friend. And so... It's a, it's a call on John to reassess how he is and what he does. And only a good friend can come and say to you, do you realise this is how I received what you said? Mm-hmm. And give you, as John, the opportunity to change how you behave. Is there ever a situation where it would not be appropriate for an offended person to go to the person that they perceive has offended them? Maybe if they're still carrying that hurt and offence. Okay. So that would like Karen's was saying, so, the yeah. splinter and the plank. Okay. Avril? When the person had no, had no interaction or involvement, there have been occasions when I have been approached and somebody's told me that they'd finally got forgiveness because they'd had a terrible attitude to maybe just because it was me. And they, they, That person came to me as well. Yeah, a queue of them. There's 
got a lot you could do with that. I can't do anything different. Other, you know, I'm sure I can, but, you know. So if the thing didn't, if, wasn't in the person's sphere at all, it's not helpful to go and say, you hurt me by just being annoying. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Angela wants in, but, you know... She always does. She always does, right. <laughs> she wants to know if they were Christians and not uh, just mythical characters. Yeah, I don't think they're responsible for causing any harm. If they are harm. Christians, and it's this biblical principle that says, you know, when you come for communion, that you have something against your brother, you go and sort it out first. Either that or avoid communion. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wine doesn't bother me anyway. <laughs> Hillary's had her hand up nicely. I don't know if she oh, okay, wants to go to the loo or if it was related to this. I think there are some situations where the person, especially if it's a repeat offence, they just don't see it. And sometimes you have to wait for God's timing and keep forgiving and being patient. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, now, Ronald gives a few excuses. So he keeps telling himself... Um, that he was making, well, he realised that he was making a meal out of it. John probably didn't mean to do it in the first place. Um, we've just got different personalities, and you can't be friends with everyone. So he's, he's got his kind of arguments to kind of, you can tell that he's using those arguments to delay or to put off needing to, to resolve the issue. It's true, we can't be friends with everyone. No matter how many friends you have on Facebook, you can't be a genuine friend to everyone. And it's true that some people we more naturally connect with than others, but these aren't justifications for Ronald distancing himself, which is what is clear there. It seems that he's living in past hurt, and Ronald needs God's miraculous healing. And Ronald can't make himself feel better, but he can choose to forgive and that's often one of the things that we associate forgiveness as we, we keep it in our mind that it's a, it's a feeling. Oh, I've forgiven when I feel better. And we make it about changing our feelings. But forgiveness is primarily a choice. And it's a choice to please God. And remember, that's the theme question going through the whole series. What would please God? It pleases God when I obey him. And I obey him when I choose to forgive The memories may still be there, and we can look for God to begin to heal those things. And I've often thought about, when you've got a wound, it, it's fresh and it hurts, but after a while, when that becomes a scar, it doesn't hurt anymore, but yet it's evidence of what I've got through, that I've been healed. So for me, scars in my life are testimonies. They're not something that, that is a, an ongoing negative. But what do we do when those memories stay on? Or if we're in Ronald's situation where he says, like, I'm just, it's just a little thing, but I can't, I can't get over it. It's like that chewing gum that I can't get off my shoe, but I'm aware of it is still there. I just can't let it go. Well, we take the position of, God, I choose to forgive. We also have another choice of what do we meditate on and what do we keep filling our mind with. There's a, a, a Cherokee Indian a story about um, a guy has two wolves, one that's a, a good wolf and a bad wolf, and uh, these wolves are always fighting. And the question was, which wolf will win? And the answer was, whichever one you feed. And 
He has the choice, and we have the choice. What do we continue to roll over in our mind? Was it how evil that person is? Do we collect the other things that they've done wrong? Do we keep dwelling on those things and building up a case? Do we keep bringing up our excuses or our arguments and pulling them together? If we feed on those things, ultimately bitterness will be the wolf that wins. But if we choose to think about God and what his heart is, what he wants, and the freedom that comes through him, then we're going to see the righteousness wins. Okay, well done. Good scenario. Um, Rich. And uh, they're asking him a question. They're, they're kind of wanting to know, what should I do? If people do sin, what do I do about it? And uh, he gave them some answers, including the one that Angela just mentioned. Um, but then Peter kind of bucked up the courage to, to ask the question, which was um, probably the kind of the burning question. Well, how many times... Next slide. I've got the thing here, and I? Um, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Nice, perfect number. Um, but Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And what he's really saying is not, you know, get your boot notebook out and take, make a tick every time you forgive someone. He's saying that you can't count, you know. That you, it's countless numbers of times, 77 times. And then he went on to explain... Um, by using this story. The parable of the unforgiven servant. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master and all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry, and deliver him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father will also do to you, if each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. <laughs> okay, heavy stuff. Um, but actually, it's good stuff. The starting place for forgiveness is the fact that we ourselves are in debt. We're in debt to God because of sin. We're born in debt. And because of the consequence of that, he has the right to take our lives away. So where we are, we have nothing. We have no rights to anything. But all we can do is to go to God 
and rely on his love and on his mercy and beg forgiveness that we might live. And he made a choice, God's choice. It was to send Jesus, his son, and sacrifice him so that his life would pay off our debt and that God's mercy, through his mercy and through God's grace, we can receive forgiveness. That was God's choice towards you and towards me. Now, as we go about our daily lives, it's inevitable that um, we get hurt by people. Other people sometimes do it intentionally. Sometimes they do it accidentally. Don't even know that they've done it. Things they've seen, things they've done. But also there are people out there who are out to get us. You know, they will try and, I don't know if I can use the word, but screw you in every single corner that they can, every, every, every way they can, get money out of you or whatever. Um, and the natural response, as Jamie was saying, we were watching a film last night, actually, where, where, where you can choose to look for revenge and you seek to punish um, the person, or we can choose to follow God's way by loving and forgiving them. And that's our choice. And the instinct of sin is to go the other way and to get our own back. When we choose to forgive others, um, we live in the freedom of knowing God's forgiveness for ourselves. If we choose not to forgive, we are no longer able to receive the forgiveness that God has for us. That's the story of the parable. So the sense is that as we live in forgiveness, as we live in the glory of what God's done for us, that empowers us, enables us to forgive others. If we step out of that and out of the the reality of the fact that he loves us and he cares for us and he's died for us, then um, we find ourselves in a situation where we are unable to live in the truth and the fullness of the forgiveness that he has for us. So, a few FAQs, some of which we've looked at, um, and Neil will answer in more detail, I'm sure, next week. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness means giving up my resentment and my hurts and doing all I can in my power to restore the relationship. So there's actually a, a, a positive step forward in actually dealing with, with our, dealing with our unforgiveness. When do I forgive? Whenever someone has offended me, and it's not conditional on them asking, um, although it can be easier when they do. You know, I don't have to wait. Well, they've not asked for forgiveness, therefore I'm not going to forgive them. If they come and ask me for forgiveness, then I'll forgive them. But the position that we're in is our position is to forgive whatever the situation and the circumstance. How often should I forgive? As many times as someone has offended me. The list is, is endless. There's, there's no limits, because that's how many times God forgives me. You know, at which point does God stop forgiving me? He doesn't, so it's the same. And who is forgiveness primarily for? It is for me. Um, to restore a relationship with God, unforgiveness can lead to deep-seated resentment, which damages our ability to live in good relationship with God and consequently, consequently with others. Um, in Hebrews, it talks about a root of bitterness coming up, which can, um, if we don't forgive, we actually move outside of the grace of God. And not only affect my relationship, it affects my relationship with, with, with other people. Um, I actually, when I first came to Lifeline, I actually tried to leave three times. Um, I was an obnoxious person. Some people still really still think I am. But, um, and um, there were three occasions. And um, 
on one of those occasions, um, I was talk talking through with some of the leaders and, and they were saying, the issue, I just feel there's something, I was just driving along, something to do with your father. And um, I became very aware that I had an attitude towards my father. It was an unforgiveness attitude towards my father. And that was a whole barrier to me entering in to an understanding of the kind of relationship that God wanted me to have within the community, obviously with God himself, but then within the community. And, and so he was something with somebody else which was impacting the rest of my life and, and actually the direction that God had me to go in. And, and God made it very clear and, and helped me just to forgive my father. And that's released me. Well, I'm still here. I've been here since 1980. So, um, so, but God restored the relationship and allowed me to build the relationship, caused there to be a flow within the kingdom, within the community. How do I forgive? Well, Jamie said it. I make a choice to forgive. And, and then I ask God to enable me. Forgiveness is an action. It's not an emotion. Sometimes people sit and say, well, I don't feel like forgiving yet. I'm not ready to forgive. Actually, you know, the, more, the point we became ready is when Jesus was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they don't, don't know what they do. That made me ready to forgive um, because of what he's done for me. So I don't need to feel any different about it. I need to make that choice, first of all, to forgive. Um, so, I mean, Periods of my time, sometimes I get very angry with my bosses at work. They'd make decisions over my head and they'd be frustrating and I had this plan and it wouldn't go that way. And, and Sue would say, you're angry. And it would come out in all kinds of ways. I wouldn't be angry because I couldn't express anger to, to them. And sometimes I just had to make the decision that I just need to lay this down. I just need to forgive them. And, um, and so you just lay it down. You just say, God, I just have to let this one go. And, and there's nothing I could do about it. And picking up the point, I didn't go knocking on his door and saying, you know, by the way, please forgive me because I had this attitude towards you. Um, it, it, that wasn't what God, you know, it, there's nothing for me to do in that other than me choosing just to let it go, give it to God and get on with, with, with life. And that was a choice. Um, how do I know I've forgiven someone? If I feel like the person has got away with it, now, if they've actually, we had a, a situation where we had some people come into, um, we had some wardrobes put in our house and they did a really bad job. They sent somebody back to fix them. They did a good job in repairing them. Um, but we'd had to redecorate. And I thought, well, that's not right. They should be paying for our redecoration because they caused the damage in the first place. And they refused to do it. And I got into these letters and oh, writing back to them and they would write back to me. And, and it was getting really silly. I was losing sleep over it. And I thought, well, hang on, you know, they still owe me the money, but I just let it go. In the end, I just paid it because it wasn't doing anything for me because I needed to forgive them because the forgiveness was damaging me, okay? Um, lack of forgiveness was, was, was damaging me. And if you've given something they do not deserve, um, I just lost my flow now because Neil put his hand up. You have given them something they do yeah, okay. But it will result in a sense of release. Release for you. And if the person that's come to you to ask forgiveness, a sense of release for them. So the starting point for forgiveness is the fact that we are forgiven people. That's what empowers us to be people that forgive. And as we live in the truth and the knowledge of knowing that we're forgiven, that frees us up and enables us to forgive others. Okay, we've... Uh 
got a dear John, even though we don't have a John. Um, he's given me his response ahead of time. So, Dear John, I've recently finished a memory eradication course and would highly recommend it. I just wanted to share this with you as I feel this could be the way forward for those people who, like me, have had difficult things to forgive. Not that I can remember now, though. But that's the point. I remember being really upset about something, and every time I had to think about the person involved, I got really angry. Now, I don't even know who that is. In fact, it could be any one of you. I'm so glad I've been obedient to God in forgetting how others have hurt me. It's such a relief to finally get rid of the pain of forgiveness. The thing is, I'm bringing this to your attention because I think I might need your help in persuading other people to try this approach. Yesterday, I bumped into my friend Pauline, and she was really distressed. She'd just broken up with her boyfriend after 11 years together. I mean, I always knew he was a waste of space, but you can't tell people, can you? Anyway, I've tried to support her and have spoken to her on the phone several times this week, but every time she talks about him, she either gets very upset or very angry. I just hate to see my friend in such pain and want her to feel better. However, when I suggested memory eradication, she was very sceptical. How can I convince her? Yours, Sandra Nolden. Okay, another very sensible suggestion uh, from a member of the audience. Okay, so um, John gave me his response to this before he went away. So he said, the idea of time being a great healer is nonsense. It buries, but it doesn't resolve. Forgive and forget is not biblical. The only way to deal with, with forgiveness is to choose to be obedient and look to God for his power to do what we can't do on the inside. It's not about forgetting. It is about the healing power of God that sets us free. When something keeps hurting, it's a sign that it has not been forgiven. And the only way to deal, deal with it is forgiveness, not by memory eradication services. Right, we want to um, give people an opportunity to, to respond. As I say, we're going to spend some more time on this subject next week, but it may have been why, while you were um, listening, there were some things that were prompted to your memory, and maybe the Spirit of God started saying that this is the one that I want you to, to be able to let go. Um, just like with, for Richard, that there was an echo of something in the background for a long time. And I think the Spirit of God wants to come and set us free from these things as we choose to obey him. Um, I had a friend that was talking to me at one point about um, a debt that someone from years back in university owed them. And they were getting really worked up that they, they needed to get this money paid, paid back. And were getting quite aggressive towards the, the individual that owed them money. And you realize that the biggest driver was the fact that her rent was due. And then that meant that she was chasing what she felt was owed to her. And that made me think of the unforgiving servant. We, we're chasing down debts from other people as if we still have a debt hanging over our head. But that's the amazing thing, that our debt has been wiped clean. From being 10,000 pounds in the red, we're suddenly back to break even. We've actually gained. And we can... Be generous out of what we gained to others that we still think owe us. And so it might be that 
the thing that you really want to know today is you want God to reveal to you that forgiveness and what that really means. It might be that there's little bits that you want to see God deal with. So um, when, when Daniel calls the response at the end, those are some things to be thinking about. Um, and this, this week in groups, we're going to be talking about forgiveness as well.